Let us take a moment to pray before we think about God's Word. Come, Holy Spirit, and soften our hearts to the Word of God. Come, Holy Spirit, to speak truth into our hearts and lives. Come, Holy Spirit, with power and deep conviction, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you a person who likes change? Are you a person who likes change? Is there anyone willing enough to be bold enough to say, yeah, I like change? Oh, there's a few. I would have expected at least one, yeah. Oh, there's, there's a few, but not many of us, unsurprisingly. Well, I wonder if you might talk to your neighbor in a moment and share with them one change you have experienced this past year. So one change you've experienced over to you. Okay. Uh, it sounds like there was uh, a lot of things we could be uh, talking about there and uh, fill up with those conversations if, uh, if you feel able after the service. As a man's family, uh, we've been through a fair bit of change in the last year. Uh, we welcomed uh, little Ennis, who's just about at that stage of trying to walk. Uh, it's causing trouble and mayhem. Uh, we've moved mans. We're, we're now in the Wallace Braze area rather than right behind the, the church here. So that extra five minutes to get to church in the morning. Um, we, like all of us, have experienced change with the cost of living. Heating costs, fuel costs, food costs. And like all of us as well, we experience that uncertainty as we read the news and, and ponder what's going to happen next with all the changes we face as a nation and internationally in the world. Some of the changes we are experiencing just now are because of war, particularly the war in Ukraine. And sure, we experience the, the cost, the, the inconvenience of, of fuel costs, heating costs, food costs, but there are others facing much worse than we are. The poor in the world, unjustly and significantly more than us, affected by the, the cost in food and running out of food at times. There are those, obviously, who are having to flee their homes and becoming refugees because of this war. And there is the instability across the world, worse than we've known maybe for generations. And a year ago, only a year ago, we did not think it would really happen. We probably thought it was just saber-rattling. We really didn't think Putin would follow through. And that recollection of our expectations reminds me of a quote that's attributed in the film The King's Speech to British Prime Minister Stanley Baldwin. And in the film, he says to the king, I was mistaken. I have found it impossible to believe that there is any man in the world so lacking in moral feeling as Hitler, that the world may be hurled for a second time into the abyss of destructive war. Baldwin found it impossible to believe that this might happen again. 
He couldn't get his head around that possibility and almost refused really to change his perspective that Hitler would do such a thing as instigate World War II. It could be said, in some measure, we did the same with Putin. And there are other challenges, aspects of life that we might well be doing the very same with as well. Just now we have a COP going on, trying to do something about climate change again. But it could be said we're doing the same with climate change. That because of the extent of the challenges we face and the changes that need to be made if we are to try and keep um, the world from experiencing the worst effects of climate change, those changes are just so monumental that almost we'd just rather ignore it. Put it off another year, five years, another generation. And we don't want to face up to it. As a church, too, locally and nationally, we are facing challenges and questions. There's falling numbers. We are having to restructure ourselves so dramatically it boggles the mind. And all within the context of a culture which at times is apathetic to Jesus or sometimes even outright hostile to Christianity. And these facets, too, we'd rather ignore. Because, as we just admitted a few moments ago, Few of us like change. Where it's a change, whether it was due to Hitler or Putin or climate change or what we face in the church, we'd rather not face up to them. But how might we face up to them? What are we to do to become maybe more ready to accept or to embrace or even to pursue change, positive change? Well, Jesus shows us the way. Boys and girls, in our passage today, we heard that Jesus and his friends were sharing in a meal, a special meal called the Passover meal. And during that, did you pick up what Jesus did within that meal? Did you pick up what he did? Anybody know, want to shout out the answer, Laura? Washed their feet. That's right, good listener. Now, that might not sound very odd, well it might sound odd, but it doesn't sound very bad. Um, Not many of us have had a foot wash done by someone else. But I was reminded that this same story is written about in my daughter's uh, storybook Bible. And some of you might have that from Sunday school or or other groups. If you don't, it's a great Bible to pick up. Because in there, sometimes it gives a little bit more information. And so within this story, it says this. Now, the thing about feet back then was that people didn't wear shoes. They only wore sandals. And sandals are open, aren't they? They don't cover your whole foot, so you can see your skin and and things underneath. It goes on to say, which might not sound unusual, except that the streets in those days were dirty. And I don't mean just dirty, dusty dirty. I mean really stinky dirty. With all those cows and donkeys and horses everywhere, you can imagine the stuff on the street that ended up on their feet. So anyone, so anyway, someone had to wash away that dirt. But it was a dreadful job. Who on earth would want to volunteer for that job? Normally it was only done by the lowliest servant. So Jesus 
is not just washing feet, unusual as that sounds. He's washing off dirt and dung. And I suspect if I had to do it, I'd really want, I'd be on the verge of being sick having to do that. So why, boys and girls, do you think Jesus did it? Why did he do it? Any ideas? Any ideas you want to shout out? You don't have to. I think he maybe did it because of love. Because around that event, he says these words. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Jesus was doing this out of love. He was willing to be a servant, to take on that towel, to get down on his knees, to wash those stinking, dirty feet because he loved these people. And what's incredible is that he's God. Jesus is God and yet he was willing to do that. The person who should be served and should have all the wealth and wonder and creation, he takes on that role of a servant. I can't imagine anyone um, take, doing such a thing. Maybe the prime minister or the king or such, like really getting down on knees and, and washing feet that are covered in dung. I can't imagine that. And yet here is God himself doing it. Because he was willing to change because of his love for others. He went on to say, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus is saying to lay down your life, either in death or in service, is the greatest act of love anyone can do. It's the greatest change you can make. And today in Remembrance Sunday, we remember those who have fought and served and given their lives for the sake of others, willing to die even, for love of country, for love of people back home, maybe for the love of people who are persecuted. And so out of love, we stand up to evil. And if we're going to face up to the challenges of our day, the challenges of climate change or change in the church, again, it must be love which motivates us because nothing else has the power to change us and to sustain us through the change. Not hate, not fear, only love can change us for the better. So Jesus calls us to love so that we can change. But why should we change in the first place? Why bother changing? As a church, we've been working through this little book called Anatomy of a Revived Church. And, and today would have been our final chapter in that a chapter titled Meaningful Membership. Meaningful Membership. And basically, it's all about loving others. Loving others so that you sacrifice for the greater good. Loving others so that you move, you shift your mind from entitlement to one of serving others. Loving others enough so that you're more focused on others than on yourself. It's really all about loving others. But at the end of the book, he writes this. In essence, the revived churches chose 
to live. Here is the complement of change or die. It's change and live. At the start of the book, he says he's done some research and the churches that had a better future, well, they faced up to this truth that if you don't change, you'll die. And that could be said in so many aspects of life and the challenges we face. Dictators will conquer if we don't change. We will ruin the earth now if for ourselves and for future generations if our patterns of living will not change. And yet, as he also says, the complement is also true. If you change, you can live. And it's why Jesus changed. He chose to give up the wonder, the beauty, the safety, the paradise of heaven and come into our broken world as a mere mortal to become a servant, to know instability, to become a refugee, to one day wash feet and then to another day to die on a cross, although he didn't deserve it. He was perfect. He'd never done anything wrong and yet he died on a cross for love of you and love of me and love of this world. And he said, I have come in order that you might have life, life in all its fullness. Jesus changed so that we might have life. In his example, we see the way to change, the way of love. And in his example, we also see the reason to change, that love seeks life for others. Love seeks life for others. And so today he, he speaks through his word. He speaks through our gathering to say to each of us, if we have but ears to hear, let me change you. Let me end to your life. Allow me to change your heart so that you might love. And through your love, there might be life for others. Because it's only when we're changed from the inside out, we can stand up and face up to the challenges of our day. Whether that's climate change or oppressors, or changes in the church that need to be made, or changes in our own lives, in our own relationships. We need his love to change us from the inside out so that we can love friend and neighbor and even love our foe. I pray it may be so. Amen. <laughs>